With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. E-S-N-Y. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Clean Sweep Podcast, which is Elite Sports New York's Brooklyn Nets podcast. This is your host, Matt Brooks. I'm here with Danny Small. No Nolan today. How we doing? How we feeling at this point in the season? And are you ready for the All-Star break? Definitely ready for the All-Star break. Definitely ready for, you know, just a little, uh, little, little time off as we'll do here to kind of regroup see kind of where everyone stands and see what the uh what the future holds but yeah i mean i always i always like the all-star break just just for that reason alone just to kind of like take a breath um you know i mean i've been going to all the Knicks games and stuff so getting a week and a half off of that not complaining about that at all um but yeah no good good timing what about yourself uh, I'm I'm definitely excited for it. I uh, I don't feel it nearly as a, I guess as much attrition as I did last year. Uh, I remember at this point of the, the season I was just like burned out. This year I'm like a little bit uh, just do a little bit more I guess fresh. I did have that like week break in December with a pre-planned vacation, so that kind of worked out nicely. But now this all stay the all-star break will be good. I need to go look for uh, a different side job because. <laughs> I'm trying to transition out of uh, all the stupid restaurant work I'm doing. So I have a full week to do that and like look at, you know, look at Indeed or whatever. So, so that'll be nice. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think this is, this is always like, I know we have about like, what, 30, 29, 30-ish games left, but those games go by so fast. And that last like two weeks is kind of, you know, some teams are like fully tanking. Other teams have already made the playoffs. So some of those games don't feel as competitive. So to me, it's really like we only have like 15 game le- games left. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to get uh, like your thoughts on what the team, like what the Nets are, what they look like right now. They're 25 and 28 as we speak. Um, you know, that's a, probably not where most people thought they would be at the All-Star break. But, you know, I just want to talk over some things which you've seen and kind of we'll regroup from there and figure out, you know, how we're going to look at the rest of the season, I guess. Well, I guess just, you know, I feel like – this is kind of beating a dead horse when people talk about the Nets, but I'm going to talk about it just because we haven't been on the pod and I haven't been on the pod in a while. But just, you know, the the team this year's team, I mean, so much of it just kind of the dysfunction and everything um, and, you know, the up and down play kind of stems around Kyrie Irving. And I'm I'm not going to like I'm not going to criticize him too hard because I, I think when you have a player like that who is so ball dominant, it can be tough to integrate him into the lineup. And then the fact that he's had these injury problems, you know, like, you know, obviously the Kobe thing hit him pretty hard. So there's just been like a bunch of weird things that hasn't ever melt made it feel like this season has 
kind of like took off in the way that I think people expected. Um, and I know we, we were kind of talking about it a little bit before the show, but I'm like, I, I was thinking of kind of like best case scenarios for this Nets team. And I, I mean, I think it just, I'm not saying anything, you know, groundbreaking here, but it all depends on Kyrie Irving. Is he going to be healthy after the all-star break for the stretch run? Is he going to, you know, kind of acclimate himself into the, into the lineup and start, you know, really becoming that Kyrie Irving that fans thought they would see for, you know, 60, 70 games this year. Um, is that possible to do that? And then, you know, cause obviously we're looking at the seven seed for the Nets this year. I, I don't think there's any way they catch, you know, Indy or Philly or you know no. whoever's in that six. I think we're obviously looking at the seventh and then that first round series is kind of just, you know, I mean, it's a toss up. There's, you know, there's a few teams that could, that could get it at this point. Obviously it looks like the Raptors with how well they've been playing lately, you know, last night's game aside, the, you know, the Raptors look like the, the heavy favorite for, or not heavy favorite, but if I was putting money down in it right now, I'd say the Raptors, but you know, not even, not even thinking too much about who the nets are going to be playing at that point. It's all about, you know, can Kyrie come back? Can he get in a rhythm? Can he get healthy? Cause maybe, I mean, I hate to say like these injuries were a blessing in disguise because you hate to see Kyrie banged up and it's kind of like a lot of different little things, but maybe, you know, he has his legs under him by the time the playoffs come around. I don't think I would pick them to, to make it out of that first round series against anyone they would play, but you would hope that they can make that playoff series at least somewhat competitive. And then after that, you know, next going into next season, you say, okay, we got KD like, now we can kind of really, really gear up for that contending run. Um, but again, is Kyrie going to stay healthy the last, you know, 25 or so, I think 29 games, is he going to be able to do that? I don't know. It's, it's still, it feels like, you know, every time we're on the pod, we're kind of talking about the same thing. Just there's so many levels of uncertainty to this team. Yeah. It's been kind of like a really, uh, I don't know. The more the season goes on and on, the more I'm like, well, one, I'd like, I just really hope that the, uh, the Durant Kyrie payoff is nice because the seasons felt long during mm -hmm. certain stretches. Like, you know, they're, they're just, I've, I've missed quite a, a, a few games lately and I haven't even had like the, uh, the, like, I guess like enthusiasm to go back and rewatch them because a lot of times I'm like, kind of know what happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like they start off strong and, then things get a little out of hand in the third quarter. And then, you know, they don't really have a closer outside of Dinwiddie here and there, maybe Levert. But yeah, it's been kind of a weird year. I The problem with them this year, I think, is with the Kyrie thing is, you know, you're implementing someone that is such a big personality and has a very specific style and doesn't always mesh with everybody, I think. Um, and every time it seems like they start to build a little bit of chemistry with him, he goes on you know, he basically gets injured. Um, and then we're back in this sort of like repeating cycle where it's like, oh, and that's why now you look at their record without him and their record with him and it's starkly different. And I think it's just because of that, like they can never really get, you know, build any rhythm um, with him as a player. Uh, and, and a lot of the times when you first see him come back, some of their rotational um, issues are on full display. So they're playing a lot of like small lineups with Levert, Dinwiddie and, and, um, and, and Kyrie and, you know, the offense isn't flowing as well. So it, those defensive issues kind of outweigh the offense that's still figuring itself out. So yeah, it's been kind of a weird year. Um, 
I, again, I'm, I, I'm, I don't have as much attrition as I did last year, but I also haven't been as, you know, like ride or die wanting to watch every single second of this team this year, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, it's I mean, it's there's definitely there's definitely a sense of that. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think you're alone in that. I mean, I I I, I want to say I've watched every game this year, but I know I've, I've missed a few in there. But, you know, like if I'm at a Knicks game, you know, covering the Knicks and I know, you know, the Nets lose. And like you said, you know, you kind of know the way they lose. I haven't always yep. like been jumping for joy to like rewatch that game. And like a lot of times I'll throw it on the iPad as I'm doing something else, like half paying attention because, you know, yep. there's just this team has had a lot of the same problems all year long. Um, you know, certain guys have stepped up. Like, I think you got to give Spencer Dinwiddie credit for what he's doing this year especially, you know, the last three games we're recording this pod, uh, for the listeners, we're recording this after the Toronto game and before the, uh, the Thursday night game, Dinwiddie, I think the last three games is 30 assists, three turnovers, I want to say. So, you know, I know the shooting numbers in those last three games haven't been great, but he's getting to the foul line. He's, he's being a facilitator. So there are positives to take away. I mean, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is, you know, I know who knows what goes on in the season with trades and whatnot, if they're going to try and, you know, package him or or somebody else to get another big guy, who knows. But I think definitely from this year, like you got to take away some of these positives, at least where you can, because it, like you said, it has been like a weird down year. It hasn't like last year was such a, such a surprise for a lot of people that it was, you know, it was like, you almost like got swept up in the in the emotion of it all, um, but this year it's kind of just been a step back. Even though I think they're a better team overall, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is probably the season. I think like Nets fans are getting the season that they were expecting last year, but they're getting that this year mm-hmm. a little bit, um, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, I the big thing for them right now is yeah, as you said, Dinwiddie's taking that more of a distributor role, which will really, really help him long-term. I actually think that makes him like kind of tough to part ways with, um, even though he is probably the most tradable guy just because of his contract mm-hmm. and the stats that he can put up. But the way he's sort of made himself a real distributor and, you know, sort of letting Karis LeVert get his lately, essentially, um, is big. And it's big for his future. It's big for them. Um, I think Karis is going to be the guy that will be involved in a whole bunch of trade rumors. What they really need to do is kind of put him on full display the next couple of months, um, try to build a little bit of a buzz the way that he did, you know, the way that he had at the end of last year, um, especially out of that Philly series, and see where you can go from there. I think it's imperative that they get him going and and really hope that they have a first-round opponent where he's able to take advantage of some matchups. So. Yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of what the season's come down to. I don't, I don't even know if I expect them to get out of the first round. I know some people are like, well, if they get Durant back and you know Kyrie's back, there's just a lot of ifs mm-hmm. right now. Um, it's been a really, really injury-riddled season for Kyrie, and I'm extremely worried about that long term. Uh, Durant, I think, will probably come back. I, I just, you know, like it seems like that's sort of what it's leaning toward, um, and it's not even like from like anything that the team's done or anything like that. I've just always felt he's going to control his own rehab. Like he's just, mm-hmm. I think he wants to play basketball. Like you go to, you go to their games and you see um, him on the bench, like doing, you know, like pump fakes and, you know, shooting air three pointers, I guess. Like, you know, that guy wants to be playing. So the second he gets medically cleared, he's going to do that. Whether they're, you know, 
in 15th or second place. Like he's going to play. I just, I refuse to believe otherwise. So yeah, I mean, could be fun. They could get like a nice little matchup against like the heat or maybe the, the Celtics and make it a series, but I, I, I'm sort of, I'm waiting for next season essentially. Yeah. I think, I think if, if Durant comes back, obviously there's going to be a lot of juice going into, you know, whatever playoffs here, whoever they, you know, they draw on that. But again, you know, I think, I, I don't disagree with you that Durant's going to come back. I'm I'm not as confident as you are, but if Durant does come back, I'm not going to all of a sudden say, oh, well, they're they're favorites against the Raptors. Uh, just, yeah. you know, just because it, like Kyrie, I mean, I think Durant is probably a little easier to insert into uh, a team and kind of just get the most out of him from the start. But still, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be, you know, like, oh, OK, now they're the favorites. Now they're going to win a championship. Um, but with with that said, just kind of going back to just kind of the idea of can they make it out of a playoff series? I'm, I wouldn't bet on them to do so, but I think I, re- I always remember game one against Philly last year where you had Levert, Dinwiddie, and even Russell had a decent game, if I recall, against Philly. I mean, if you get the right matchup, you know, you kind of just catch lightning in a bottle with a few guys playing well. You know, if Kyrie, you sub him in for Russell, and then Russell, Levert, uh, excuse me, Irving, Dinwiddie, Lavert, you know, they kind of do what they did against Philly in game one and you sustain that a little bit longer than, you know, one win and then getting smoked in the other games. But I mean, you never know. It's just the and I think part of it, too, is the fact that there's just with this uh, this season kind of just being a wash, it feels like the fact that there's no one pushing them from behind, really. I mean, yeah, maybe Orlando at the eight seed kind of is breathing down their necks, but like you're, you, we all know they're making the playoffs. We all know they're pr- like probably going to be a first round exit. It just, it just feels like you know, just there's not much, uh, not much juice or hype behind this season. Yeah, no, I, I think they're pretty much locked into where they are. Um, I want to hit on two things. I think we'll probably keep this one a little bit shorter because I need to go uh, get a Valentine's Day card. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm on all types of uh, time crunches today, but um, where do you think they're going to finish at record wise? We talked about this a little bit before the pod. And I, I, I think I'm going to say, I'm going to say 41 and 41. I know that that's okay. maybe a little high, but I, I just, I have a feeling like they're going to kind of find a, at least enough of a rhythm in the, the post all-star break to, to get to 500. Um, but I'm saying that not completely confident, which I'm sure you could hear in my voice. <laughs> um, so you, that's what 16 and 13, right? Yeah, that would be 16 and 13. Okay. Um, I'm looking through, I have the, I think they could probably win like 40. It's like a 40 and 42 season, which I think is what, what the magic were last year. Um, like maybe they could have like a little bit of like an Orlando magic like finish. They might have been 41 and 41 last year. I'd have to double check. Um, but I'm looking at their opponents down the stretch. They have Philadelphia. Magic, just not to cut you off, but magic were 42 and 40. They, they were tied with the, the Nets, Nets but right. the Nets had the uh, tiebreaker. That's right. Um, yeah. Cause of that, cause Vucevic, uh, tapped in his own basket. <laughs> so <Yep. laughs> I remember that game like it was yesterday. Uh, all right. So yeah, they, the guys, I mean, the teams that they had to face that are like above 500 are Philadelphia, Miami, Boston, uh, LA, the Lakers, LA, the Clippers, Boston, again, the Clippers, again, 
um, Dallas, Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. So there's like a good amount of like above 500 teams. I don't, I think that's about like, what, like 15? Oh, you could count Memphis too. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at, you know, basically half your games are against, uh, against above, above 500 teams. Um, so, I mean, you're not going to split it, like be like, okay, we beat every single, you know, uh, mm-hmm. below 500 team and we lose to every single above 500 team. I, they've, they've sort of had that. I'm going to look at their expanded um, standings a little bit on ESPN because that'll kind of give you an idea of what their record is against uh, below 500. They are 18 and, and 10 against below 500, which is solid. Uh, a lot of those losses came early in the year, though. Um, and then they are seven and 18 against, uh, teams that are above 500. So not necessarily a team that's going to like catch, I guess, like playoff teams by surprise. Um, and I think just to interject for a second, I think the other night against, uh, Indiana, that was their first win above a 500 team on the road. Yeah. So the, you know, like I, I've seen, I saw a couple of people on Twitter, you know, just saying like, oh, we'll win this. People responding to you saying, oh, we'll win this game. We'll win this game. And it's like, you know, you're, they're counting wins against, you know, like te- like above 500 teams on the road. Like you just, I don't know, unless it's Philly, you can't do that. I mean, it's so Philly, uh, they, they have on the road, they have Philly, Boston, uh, the Lakers, the Clippers, um, who else they got? Oklahoma City, Milwaukee. So that's mm-hmm. like I like. Yeah, those are I don't tough. Think I mean, win any of those. Philly's <laughs> terrible at home, or no, I'm sorry, that Philly's great at home. They're terrible on the road. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm confusing them with Dallas, which that that's another bad one because Dallas, they're they're coming to Brooklyn. Yep. Which Dallas is like great at, on the road, but terrible Classic. at home, which is obvious. You know, just the Nets. It's their luck. Yep. Yeah, so that you could even throw that on there. You might as well act like that's like an away game. Cause. Yeah, it's, I've, I've, you know, I'm a, I'm a Mavericks, uh, Mavericks constant watcher just because of Porzingis, but they're just a weird, they're a weird team too. Like yeah, it's, I don't, they're a team. I, I mean, obviously Luca is the runs the show, but yep. I can't, I can't understand why they're just not good at home and they're fantastic on the road. Yeah, I mean, and it's also, like, some of these teams that they're playing are, like, really bad matchups. Like, Milwaukee, they're just, I don't think they're mm. ever going to beat Giannis. Like, yeah. I'd just be shocked. Even, even Dinwiddie said, like, when they somebody asked him, you know, do you do you guys want the seventh seed or the eighth seed? He's like, yeah, yeah we don't want to play Giannis. He's like, I don't want to cover him. Like, there's, yeah, so that's, like, a tough one for them. Uh, I would even consider Dallas one of those one of those teams. Um depending upon if, if Porzingis is feeling it and if he's playing. Mm. So, but yeah, so I, I think it'll be like a, an interesting stretch. There's some good games. I mean, there's a couple of like games against playoff teams or against teams they might face in the two seed. Um, just mainly those two games against Boston will be interesting as well as a game against Miami. So those would be mm. good looks to see what this version of the Nets team looks like against potential playoff rivals, but we'll see. Um, do you think that they've been looking different lately? Is there anything that's changed in their identity or is this just kind of the ebbs and flows of NBA season? Like you're just going to win games. <laughs> Eventually you're going to start going on little mini stretches. Yeah, I think, I think I lean more towards just ebbs and flows kind of thing. You know, I mean, I think probably the biggest reason for this, you know, little recent, you know, four out of five to close the, uh, to close the break, like probably Levert and Dinwiddie just playing well. You know, yep. those two guys kind of kind of really stepping up. Um, but other than that, like, I don't think there's been 
any like crazy, you know, scheme change on right. either end or anything like that. You know, no, no huge rotations, you know, complete shakeups. I mean, other than, you know, they've kind of messed around with Dinwiddie, you know, going from starting to out when Kyrie's healthy. Um, but, you know, I think it's more just these guys are kind of getting into a little rhythm, which who knows might carry over after the break might, you know, things might change when uh, Kyrie comes back healthy. So it's, again, it's just so tough to tell with this team. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would say mainly Levert just being another scorer is nice for them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's I, Zach Lowe actually had a really great, great quote on uh, Howard Beck's podcast, just being like, talking about how like sometimes when you see a team winning, like you want to look for scheme changes and what's causing the win streak. And sometimes it's just you win a couple more games, ball goes your way a couple of times, like that Pacers game. Um, that Dinwiddie shot falls, mm-hmm. that would have been a loss. That would have been a DeAndre Jordan whiffed, or not even whiff rotation, just getting burned loss. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that's a pretty accurate way to look at it. I, I, I like that Lowe said that because sometimes it does feel like, oh, well, I need to go through and look at the numbers and look at the film and figure out what's going on. It's like, you know what, like they're just <laughs> – and a couple, couple easy victories and won a game, you know, maybe that they shouldn't have. And then they had a good win against Toronto that looked like it was on its last legs. January and February before the break, too, are like the weirdest parts of the season to me. Yep. It's like the, you know, I mean, it, this is the wrong expression because like the dog days of the NBA season. Like they just the, you know, after Christmas happens, there's like this this block of games where just weird stuff happens, you know, yep. like, like teams who have no business beating teams win and, you know, vice versa. And I think, you know, for a lot of teams now, things get much more real, uh, you know, once March and April get here. Yeah. And then you had the whole like Kobe tragedy too, which is like, that's a, that yeah, that's a totally. Good point. So it's, it's been, I think people, I'm assuming players, have been especially eager and I've seen that written in a couple places to just get to the break and have a week off. Um, So, you know, it's, it's been a good regular season, but I think that there's just so much that happens with this, you know, the stuff in late January um, that I I think that that's definitely played a role in um, getting some more wonky games. Um, But yeah, so one last question for you. Uh, who would you want to see? Let's say you're the Nets. Uh, you could you could pretend to be Spencer Dinwiddie and say absolutely not the Bucks, which I don't think will happen. Yep, but who would I you agree want with to Spencer see? there. I, I me too. Uh, they are absolutely terrifying. Um, who would you want to see in round one of any competitor? I <clears throat> maybe this is recency. Well, actually, you know, I'm just gonna say Celtics, just because I think they'll have a tough time beating. You know, Heat, Raptors, Celtics, I guess you could throw Sixers and Pacers in there, even though I I don't think Sixers and Pacers have much of a chance at the two seed. But out of Raptors, Celtics, Heat, I think Celtics would be the most compelling matchup just in terms of narratives and storylines and everything there. I think maybe their best chance of winning, maybe the Raptors, but give me the Celtics. I think that'll be a much more fun, um, exciting series and hopefully go deep. I'm taking both in terms of compelling and actually probably a better matchup would be the Celtics. A uh, little bit of a younger team, not super, super young, like the way they were a year or two years mm-hmm. ago, but a little bit younger. Um, 
you know, it's, it's a very switchable team, which is like kind of a little bit, I could see that being a little bit problematic for the Nets, but they don't have like Jason Tatum is really showing signs of becoming like a big go-to go-to guy. And I think this will be a huge, huge playoff, um, you know, playoff run for him to sort of like, I guess, establish himself as one of like the premier guys in the league. But, you know, I mean, they, I don't think they have a counter for Jimmy Butler. I would never ever want to face Jimmy Butler in a playoff series. He's so good. And I can't believe like, even I was overlooking him a little bit last year. Um, I, I would not want to play them. Toronto's just like, the coaching matchup, I think that it is so readily apparent that uh, Nurse is one the best coach in the league, but also just a better coach than Atkinson. I, you know, I, this is a this is a team that got out coached by Brock, uh, Brett Brown and the Sixers. Um, I don't know if I want to see that against, you know, Brett Brown in the first round is going to be. I mean, uh, not Brett Brown, Nick Nurse in the first round is going to be crazy. <laughs> He's going to do crazy shit like night mm-hmm. tonight. So um, yeah, I think I would go, go with the Celtics. I. Uh, Maybe it just the narrative of it is compelling for me, but I, I don't know. I feel like it could be a pretty even series. It would all depend on if Kyrie is fully healthy, but you know, mm-hmm. they just need him for two months or whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm with you on the Heat, though. I, like that's one team I I don't think the Nets want to see just because you know Bam Adebayo is just a tough matchup for anyone. I think yep. just with how, how versatile he is and how many different things he can do. Plus, like you said, Jimmy Butler. I mean, who's Who's stopping Jimmy Butler on the Nets? It's that's a that's a tough one for the Nets. I think that probably their best case scenario is you either get Celtics or Raptors in round one. And then if you win that, then, you know, maybe like the Sixers, you know, knock off whoever is the three seed or something like that. And then you end up playing, you know, the Sixers in the second round because, you know, even though I know the Sixers beat him in five last year, I still think that's like a weirdly decent matchup for the Nets just in terms of, you know, if they can space them out with those, those high ball screens and just let, you know, let their, let their ball handlers go to work. One last one for you. It's not really Nets related. Uh, I don't know who you picked preseason to win the title, but uh, are you, whoever you picked, has that stayed the same or have you sort of like switched around on, uh, on who you think is going to win it this year? I took Clippers to win, and I think I'm I, I'm I'm gonna stick with them just because they're like I know the like the Lakers kind of you know just the fact that they have LeBron makes me worry, and then how good the Bucks have been I I don't think I saw that coming, uh, but I, like I'm just gonna stick with the Clippers for the time being just because they're still I think they're still one of the best teams, and I don't want to uh, I don't want to be jumping around yet. Yeah. We'll, once the playoff comes, maybe uh, maybe I'll change it. But I'm sticking with the Clippers. Who'd you have? And same question, obviously. Uh, I had Clippers. I'm really tempted to flip to the Bucks. Uh, Middleton, I think, is I, I he's like broken out of the like. Are we sure he's a good number two option? And I'm just like, I think he's just a legitimate, really good number two option. That's like a top twenty player. Like I'm pretty much there with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else he has to do. Uh, I guess it would just be a big playoff performance. So. I'm tempted with that. People kind of forget. How old is he? He's what, like 27? Let's see. I think he's a little older than that. Is he? So he 28. Okay, so he's 28. 20, okay. But he was like basically didn't play. Let's see. He didn't play his first year, and he sort of like had slow progression. But I don't know. I like, remember. I just I just said jump in. I remember him and Giannis talking one time about how they were both kind of in the same boat. Like they were playing, but 
they like they were they didn't like or not that they didn't like each other but they were fighting with time against one another and like yep. it's just funny you know years down the road now they're I think you can say one of the best duos in the league just yep. because even if you don't put Chris Middleton in that conversation with some of the other number twos in the league Giannis I think is that good that yep. you know just them as a tandem is is up there yeah so I'm tempted but I'm gonna take the Clippers I think just I don't know. They're 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 so off on some nights, but it's like also a little bit like the Cavs are kind of like that during those years. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know like what that uh, locker room is like or what that stems from or if it's just like a they can't really you know get. I mean, they clearly don't take the regular season that seriously given how many games that both those guys are sitting out. But maybe it's just a like a sort of liaise that. Uh, or, or like a, just a, a molasses feeling, mm-hmm. <laughs> just having to go through the regular season. But um, all right, let's do random shout outs real quick and then we'll close this out. Uh, okay. All right, you... I'm going to go. All right, go ahead. I told, I gave you a preview of this uh, last week, I think, but Haley Williams re- released her new, uh, first part of her new album, mm. Pedals for Armor. I'm a big, big, uh, big Paramore fan. So nice. Uh, I don't like her so like I mean I don't like this as much as Paramore but it's good stuff so been uh, that's my that's my music shout out for this week. Um, mine is a <laughs> so I was on the go I I tweeted about this and of course I got like zero interaction because it's like why are you tweeting about this I looked at it and I was like why did I put that out uh, <laughs> I was on the go I was getting some like I need to get a couple groceries. <laughs> And I got this peanut butter called Home Plate Peanut Butter Spread. It's so good. It is easily the best peanut butter I've ever had. Like, I like, I really like peanut butter and jelly. Like, it's just, like, uh, my go-to lunch a lot of the times. And, like, this was just, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get tired of this peanut butter. It's it's unreal. I don't know where What's you get What's the name it. of it again? Home Plate Peanut Home Butter. Plate. Okay. Yep. So, right. shout I, out. I haven't. I haven't seen it around, but I'll I'll keep I'll keep my eyes peeled. I'm sure it's some like hipster Bushwick stuff that I ran into <laughs> because <laughs> one's obnoxious. But um, yeah, I don't think I don't think I've ever heard of that. But I just I'm 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 a Skippy guy when I get peanut butter, uh, so I don't I don't venture too far outside <laughs> the uh, the mold. Uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with Skippy. You can never go wrong. Um, my other shout out is to the sheer amount of uh, articles today that came out. Like, just a ton of good stuff. Joe Varden had a really good LeBron um, sort of testimonial article from different players and his peers and coaches and, uh, like, teachers of his growing up. It was super good. Um, And I'm assuming it was kind of written just because of that Kobe thing. I think it was more like we need to appreciate our greats a little bit more in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think that I, like, I got that feeling when I was reading it, which I thought was, like, really – um, important to sort of acknowledge in the moment uh, rather than after the fact. Uh, and then Rob Mahoney's got a great Zion Williamson article. Really, really good. I think I said that to you. And then Zach yeah, Lowe's. I, I still got to read that. It's good. Uh, Zach Lowe's article today on BAM is phenomenal. Like, oh, that was, an, that was another one I had, like, I had bookmarked. Oh, so good. So those three I would recommend if anybody was – I don't know how many people read at this point, but – if you do, I like this has been one of the better article days in quite some time. So I want to shout those three out. No, that's fair Check enough. Yeah, I gotta. I, I haven't had any time to read anything today, but uh, 
but those those three are definitely definitely bookmarked. That Zion one, I was actually very interested in. Uh, I I kind of I did the thing where you click and then you skim and go, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll get back to this. Yeah, yeah. But uh, looks good. It's pretty cool. It's like talking about like I don't want to give it away too much, but like his the way he uses the post is like really interesting. And I, I it was a something now that when I watch him live or his highlights at least, I kind of notice. I'm like, oh wow, like that's a really good point right there. Um, all right, I'm gonna let you go. I gotta go uh, be a better boyfriend. <laughs> I will talk to you <laughs> yeah. next time. Uh, we'll we'll, keep, no we'll keep that a secret. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's not gonna listen to it, so I'm. Yeah. I'm in the clear, right. I think. <laughs> Uh, I will talk to you next time. We'll get Nolan on. Uh, hopefully he's out of. I think he's in midterm, so hopefully he'll get out of that in one piece. And we'll get him on to talk to him. Yep, sounds like a plan. All right, I'll see you.